Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Good evening and welcome to the Facebook live Q&A. This is also being uh, broadcast and um, recorded for the podcast, which I often fail to mention, which I regret that I fail to mention that, but uh, the Styano Clinic podcast, uh, the, all the Facebook lives are available there. So, uh, and I believe that would be available on iTunes. Is, is that where you get a podcast? It just comes on my phone on a on an app, but... Um, just a podcast app anyway so um if you've got any questions please ask away and i have got some questions already here which i will go through but i will be very happy to be um asked a question here and now i'm just trying to find something which i was supposed to find before i started this um so excuse me doing this sort of thing but anyway so yeah so um the first thing i want to talk about which is why I am uh, frantically looking on my computer for the the first thing I want to talk about. Well, you might I can hear what you're saying. You're saying, who's this guy, right? Well, this guy right here, you may not think it's look at him, um, but he's actually a plastic surgeon. Jonathan Stein is the name, uh, consultant plastic surgeon. And um, this is a, uh, well, this is a live Q&A. And what you've got to do if you want, well, you don't have to, just just being there is enough. But if you did want to do anything, um, commenting, sharing is pretty much, I suppose, liking as well, isn't it? Yeah, maybe I should say comment, share and like. It's pretty much all you can do, I, I believe. But um, uh, that, that would be a good thing to do if you want to. But as I say, if you, you know, no, no biggie, um, just your, your presence is enough. Um, so... Um, the first thing which I would like to mention is the it which I am holding. Um, I will smart myself up uh, and I will be holding tomorrow night at my clinic in Edgebaston. Uh, you're welcome to come along. We're talking about breast implants, about um, what they are and different types and how you choose one and um, um, alternatives and um, limitations, complications, that sort of thing. Controversies, quite a lot of controversy around breast implants. So yes, if you're interested in in, uh, in that, then that's that you'd be very, very welcome to come along. Um, message me and I will send you details. Um, or you can just Google it, Styano Clinic, it's in Edgebaston, it's, yeah. Uh, so five to seven o'clock tomorrow night is that so uh oh you know the, oh that's right i forgot what i was looking for then and the reason i was frantically looking is because i've been told to put a link up to this thing which is what i was should have done before i started this but i didn't do it because i've got it on my other computer i've got a computer see i got it on the other computer but anyway so uh, that's I'll put a link. I'll put a link in the in the comments of for a, it's it's an event uh, link. So I'm not entirely sure what a Facebook event link does, but uh, that's what I should send. Right. 
So I should click on the link myself and then I would know, wouldn't I? Let's click on it on there. Um, so yes, be, please come along. Um, there you go. Oh, there you go. Link. There you go. It links to a, so one co-host is pending. What does it say when you click on the link? Public, your response is visible to the hosts and friends. Okay. Tomorrow, five to nine degrees C, partly cloudy. Okay, good. Super. So, yeah, that's what the link does. Um, who knew? Right, so, um, without further ado, Angela is in the house. Good to see you here, Angela. At least someone is there. So, it's uh, you and I, Angela. So, nice to see you. And I have got... Um, some questions. I'm going to kick off with this one, Angela. Um, this question says, uh, here we go. Here's the full question. Full question is, uh, I'm inquiring about changing my breast implants. I had them in approximately 20 years with no issues. I've been trying for a baby for 18 months, but I'm currently undergoing fertility testing. I'm looking to have my implants changed and reduced from a 32 double D to a 32 C as a guide. I understand that my breasts can change after I've had a baby, but would, what I would like to consider is the options for having them done, as it could take several years to become pregnant. I'm currently 40. Any advice would be appreciated. So it's a good question. Um, and a very personal um, decision and personal ch choice. Um, and... Um, you know, I've got, I've got a view, but then it's only my view. Um, so um, I think, you know, if you've had them in 20 years and you've got no choice, uh, sorry, no problems with them, there's no urgency to change them. And um, obviously you want to downsize. So you, you that, that's the reason to change them, but there's no sort of urgency to change them. And so, you know, broadly speaking, if you're thinking of doing something to your breasts, that means either having implants in the first place, or if you're changing your implants, you want implants in and you're changing them, or you know anything basically, reduction or lift. If, you do, if you're doing anything to the shape of your breasts, it's better to be in a stable situation before you do that, which means that it's better to avoid having children after having your surgery. Uh, surgery is very expensive, costs thousands of pounds. We try and make everything absolutely right when we do the surgery. And then if you were to do something like uh, have children, have, a, have another child, then that could uh, change the shape of your breasts. And so uh, ideally you'd have your child first. Now I totally understand you're saying it could take several years uh, to become pregnant. And once you do become pregnant, obviously then you've got to uh, deliver the child. And we you know, normally uh, advise you eight, six to 12 months, ideally 12 months after having a child. So I can understand why that can seem like quite daunting length of time. But from a medical point of view, the advice would be to finish your family first. So to just, you know, concentrate on having a child, which is probably I would think would be the sort of more um, urgent problem here. Um, so I'd probably say have a child uh, or, 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 you know, pursue the, the fertility um, route first and not worry about your breasts at this point. The other thing which just sort of came uh, comes into mind, the fact that you're saying you want to go from a double D to a C, so obviously you want to downsize. One thing you've got to think about when you're downsizing is the shape of the breasts can change because the implants will stretch the skin. And then if you're putting a smaller implant in, then the, uh, the skin will recoil to a degree, but 
um, as we all age, the skin loses some elasticity, and so it's uh, it, it recoils less well. So um, there is a risk that the breast could sort of droop a bit if you were to downsize. So one thing you could think about is a lift if you were downsizing. I don't have an examined you or don't you know don't know anything about this. So that's just sort of something that I thought about when you're saying that you're going to downsize. And particularly if you have a lift, then that might affect your ability to breastfeed. So that might be sorry. I think oh, I've got something in my eye. Day, I don't know what it is, but I think uh, that might affect your ability to breastfeed. Might not. I mean, you might be able to breastfeed after a lift, but you know, we we always would say you you know it's it's unpredictable, so you might not be able to breastfeed. So that obviously might um, sway your decision. So yeah, my uh, advice would be to have the uh, have finish your family and have children first, and then consider having breast surgery. That's where I would be. So now, should I do this? Is that helpful? That's probably not helpful, is it? Because that's a clickable link in the. Uh, Michelle's here. Well done, Michelle, for talking about yourself in the third person. Person? <laughs> I'm drinking honestly. Person. Nice to see you, Michelle. Good to see you in the house. And also, Paula says mine. 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 Good. Yours. Nice. Um, so. Um, Michelle and Paula and Angela. It's all kicking off. It's just all go. I don't know. I don't know how I cope with it, to be honest with you. But oh, crumbs. This was my query, Paula. Thank you so much. This was my, oh, this was my query. Oh, I got it. Mine. Hopefully, hopefully, fertility will go well, and I can come back you when you, the time is right. Yes. Oh, I see. Mine. That was yours, Paula. Yeah. As I say, totally your uh, your. Um, um, uh, decision, decision, Paula. But uh, that's where I would be going. I would be saying good luck with the fertility, and I'll be going down that route and exhaust that route, if you like, first before um, before going on with sort of breast reshaping surgery. Stuart is here, so good to see you, Stuart. I see you all. Right, I'm going to get this going on by putting this one here. Question here: Why I don't like using larger implants? So. Um, this is an inquiry I had from a patient saying, where is it? Good evening. Thank you for replying to my email. You're welcome. I'm looking for the mummy makeover. So tummy tuck, liposuction and breast enlargements. I currently have 700 cc's in, but I'm looking to go 1000 cc's. Is it possible to book a consultation if you're able to do this? So I've replied to this patient and said that um, I'm probably not the, uh, not the guy um, because I find that, um, you know, we all have specialties, we all have niches. My niche is breast surgery would probably be my my number one niche. I do breast and body, so I do tummy tucks and liposuction, et cetera. But uh, I guess breast is the sort of main thing. Um, so breast is my niche, but larger breast implants is not really something that i uh it, it's not really my 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 uh area because i find it hard to make it look good i mean the thing that i talk about and i'll talk about it in this event tomorrow when we talk about implants the width of the implants is crucial you've got to sort of hide the implants with the breast tissue that you've got and as you get bigger and as you start swaying the um proportions from breast to implant you know, you ideally want to have a lot of breast and a little implant. Now, 
not many people have got a big breast who want a little implant you know it's usually the other way around you've got a small breast and you want an implant but the the more it sways um away from that natural breast tissue and you get bigger implants and obviously the breast tissue is the same the size of the breast tissue the volume of breast tissue is the same it gets more difficult to hide the implants more likely to have the edges showing visible rippling uh, in the implants in that sort of volume i would worry it goes too wide i haven't even seen this patient so i mean i'm very happy to see you up by the way and i will see you in a consultation i just don't want you to have a sort of wasted journey because um i think there are people who do have more of a practice where they will put bigger implants in so bigger implants is not really my thing simply because i feel that i can't really make it look good i go my my patients that demographic the sort of patients i see are people who have lost weight people who have children mothers who want to look uh, natural they don't want particularly people to look at them when they come into a room they um you know want to have be more in proportion so i have just found in my experience going from 700 to 1000 cc's would be something that would be a little bit outside of my comfort zone and so it may be that since you're asking the question um would it be worth uh, coming to the consultation it, you know i i would make it clear that it would be out of my comfort zone and so it may not be worth coming to the consultation and i don't think you have come to the consultation as far as I'm aware. so um but you as i say yeah we I'm, 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 i'll talk about anything but um i just find it difficult so for me 700 cc's is big you know 700 cc is big and you want to go even bigger than that up to a thousand i'm like Ooh, um not really my um my area of expertise so i hope i've explained that um i think we all have expertise in in certain areas and i've I guess that's sort of not really mine. That's okay. I don't know if you're there. Feel free to come back at me if you want. Um, um, Stuart said, "We have done that." Good luck, Paula. Says Angela. That's nice. Bit of inter chat, chat, which is nice. Paula says, "Thank you, Angela." So inter chatting back is all we want. Yeah, community. Well, look at this. Lisa saying, "Good luck, Paula." Blimey, O'Reilly positive look. oh my god positive look at this what a nice bunch we are aren't we michelle sending blimey look at that stuart i'm having a mons lift later this year i'm a little concerned that they say they will more than likely go in through my apron removal tt scar with it being scar tissues would it heal okay yeah it'll be absolutely fine stuart i would do the same thing i would go through the same scar in fact a lot of people worry about this. They say, oh, God, you know, that scar's been opened three times, you know, really bad and all that. You tend not actually to go through the same scar, Stuart. What they will probably do is they will excise your scar. They will excise the scar that you've got and give you a fresh scar, but in the same place as where your original scar is. I do still see some surgeons who do a second operation and you make a second scar. So you've got like, um, you know, cesarean or something, they've got two scars. I'm like, why would you do a second scar? And they all go through fresh tissue. We'll just excise the scar, and um, and then you're still going through fresh tissue. So, but you don't want to have another scar, Stuart. So that's absolutely the way to do it. So you bang on on that one, Stuart. So don't worry about the healing. Um, well, not in terms of the scar thing, but uh, you know, monslift is something that is, you know, associated with potential problems. It's quite quite rich in lymphatics, the MONS area. So there is a risk of infections in seromas and things. So there are risks with any, you know, that's regardless of how they go through the incision. That's just a risk. 
but in specific answer to your question, Stuart, I don't want to digress too much. Um, specific answer to your question, Stuart, yes, uh, it will be okay going through the, the scar or as excising the scar. Lisa, I had my implant after children was best choice and Jonathan is fantastic surgeon, three years post-op, now still very happy with my results. Get in. That's how it's done, team. Happy patient right there. Look at that. Mm? See that? Can I, can, I, can I make that? Can I do something with that post? Can I make it sort of, no? Can't do anything. Can I, I can't even like it if I could like it. God, I don't, I just, God, that makes me think I don't like any of these posts, do I? Dear, oh dear, am I doing, am I doing a bad thing on Felco? Because I'm not actually, this is a different software thing. And by the way, I'm not sponsored by these people because at the bottom of my post, it says have a free trial and stuff. By the way, that's nothing to do with me. I didn't, I just do it because I can get the questions up. So I'm not actually physically on Facebook at this point in time. So I, but if I could, I, I'm going to go back. In fact, at least I'm going to go back and like that. Thank you. That's the sort of uh, publicity we need. So um, I'm in good hands with the NHS. Thank you. Yes, you are, Stuart. You are in good hands with the NHS. Absolutely. Um, so you should be absolutely fine. I'm sure they will look after you. There's a new messages below. Right. If you weren't so far away, I'd be coming to you for my 360. Stuart, yeah. Absolutely doing the right thing, not going a long way away for your 360. Go close to home for your 360, because it's a big deal of 360. Uh, but you know where I am, Stuart, so if you've got any questions or any worries, get in touch. But um, as yeah, if you're going with the NHS, they will definitely look after you, and I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine with that. But yeah, you would if you did come and see me, I would probably recommend that you stay close to home, because uh, you've got to, you know, you've got to keep, keep close to your surgeon. So yeah, you're doing the right thing. Good luck with that, Stuart. With your mom's left and your 360. So you had a tummy tuck. So you've had a tummy tuck and you're going to have a 360. So you've had a tummy tuck. Well, you have another tummy tuck then. Anyway. Um, anyway. Um, right. How do I decide implants? What's that? Did you hear that? Um, um right the next question is how do i decide an implant size where's that here it is that one there um good evening no that was the last one what size should i choose i'm 1.7 i'm 1.7 that's meters presumably and 68 kilos i just want some some not much 275 or 310 this is a good question and I see this, I see this a lot, this sort of question. Um, I see it on forums, people saying, you know, should I have a 275 or a 310. And this is what the implant event, oh, tomorrow's all about. Come to the implant event tomorrow, I'll explain all. Uh, in fact, well, actually, I'll explain it now. So, yeah, you don't have to come, I'll explain it now. Um, you can come as well if you want, but. Um, so, the answer is it doesn't matter that much is, is the answer and don't worry about it too much because people worry about this sort of stuff terribly should i have 275 should i have 310 should i have blah, blah, blah. it doesn't matter that much certainly between 275 310 doesn't matter that much and what does matter is the width of the implant really matters uh, and the profile those are the things that and the shape really round or teardrop but presumably you've 
chosen between a round or a teardrop, you know, because if you just um, so it's really that the profile of the implant that's important. That's the thing that's important. And people don't tend to talk too much about the profile. The profile means how much it sticks out. So some stick out more than others. Some are low profile, some are moderate, high, extra high profile. They they stick out progressively more. And that is what you've got to choose the profile so if you are if you've chosen your profile so if you're going for a moderate profile say or a high profile or whatever profile it is um if you're trying to choose between a 275 and a 310 in the same profile like a 275 or 310 both high profile the difference in projection the difference in how much they stick out will be hardly anything because they're both one's bigger than the other but in all directions so it doesn't make a, it'll be like a millimeter difference in projection literally that literally a millimeter it will be hardly any difference in projection one will be slightly bigger than the other one slightly wider so as long as your frame can fit that extra width i would say that's no problem at all Don't, you know it doesn't matter which one you have it will be absolutely imperceptible the difference between the two as long as they're the same profile if they're a different profile that's a different kettle of fish so 275 and 310 a 275 moderate profile compared to a 310 high profile is a different kettle of fish so how you know having said it doesn't matter much much it matters if they're different profiles so if they're both in the same profile it doesn't matter that much but if they're different profiles then there is a difference so there is a difference between a 275 moderate and a 310 high the reason being a 310 high will be narrower and have a lot more projection. Whereas a 275 moderate to a 310 moderate would just be bigger in every direction. It'll be slightly wider and just, as I say, like a millimeter more projection. But a 275 moderate to a 310 high, 310 high will be narrower and have more projection. Maybe this is why I need to do an event evening because I'm not sure if this is coming over. I'm not sure if I'm getting a bit too... I may have got on doing this event tomorrow. Maybe I need to think this through a bit better. Does, does that make sense? So basically, it makes a the profile makes a difference. That's what I'm saying. So not the two seven five three ten thing. The profile. So if you're in the same profile, don't doesn't matter which one. If it's between a two seven five moderate and a three ten high, then I would say then you need to have a discussion with your surgeon. You need to look at moderates and highs and see whether you want the increased fullness you get with a high profile, uh, or you want a slightly softer look slightly more natural look but slightly smaller of a moderate so that's um does that explain that but that's a very common thing that people say which one should i have between these two implants i'm like you know and they often say like the volume i'm like that it doesn't matter about the volume it's the profile the profile that matters what's going on in the chat new messages below uh, uh do you do home surgeries lol no Stuart no I, this is no you're absolutely right I'm at home no no I am um, I have got a place of work which I yeah probably looks a bit more professional than this but you can't have everything um all right at home it's nice especially this time of night uh Becky how far in advance do you book surgery I'd like a tummy tuck ideally end of March when I should be should when should I be booking in if you talk about me Becky personally um the sooner the better if you want to end of March uh in fact now end of March that's not long because we're end of January now um well, so yeah straight away in fact whoever you're booking in with Becky I think you need to do it pretty soon I would suggest 
but um, in general terms of people asking that question, now I only charge for the initial consultation. So sometimes people say, look, I'm thinking I'm having surgery, but I'm not sure. Like, um, like Paula. Yeah, Paula. Um, you know, oh, I'm thinking of having children. I'm not sure whether I, you know, can have surgery now or maybe it'll be in a year or two years or three years. You know, because I only charge for the consultation, the initial one, I say, look, you can come now and have a chat about it. And then you can have this surgery in six months, a year, two years. And I'll see you again. You know, obviously, I don't charge for the follow-up appointments. So it's always best to get seen sooner rather than later because you don't want anything coming up that you didn't hadn't thought of. If you sort of, um, you know, someone says something you hadn't thought of that. If you, you know, and you planning to have surgery quite soon, you don't want to be hit with a bit of information that you would, you know, but now this is all on the internet anyway. But you never know. They, you know, we could say something in consultation. You think, oh, I'm not sure about that. Maybe I need to reconsider. But if you've already booked surgery for like you know a few weeks hence, it might be a bit of an issue. So sooner you would have a consultation, say the better, Becky. Um, I don't know when we're booking in, in terms of t timings, of, of, but I think probably a couple of months sounds sort of about reasonable, about right. Is that the bottom message? Because that's new messages below, is um, So. What we're on to next, lower leg lift. Here we are. Check this out, guys. Check this out. Lower leg lift, calf lift. Is it possible after a thigh lift? Um, I've got to be honest with you. I'm not sure what's a lower leg lift. Strictly speaking, it's just the leg. I mean, from the knee to the foot is the leg. The bit from the knee to the hip is the thigh. So people often call the lower leg the leg, but it's just the leg, um, you know, a bit like this is the arm, the shoulder to the elbow is the arm. The arm is this bit here, and this is the forearm. So it's got forearm and arm. You know, that's not the arm. Well, obviously it is the arm, but you know. It's a bit pedantic, um, Bit pedantic talk there. I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, so lower leg. I, 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 lower, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, um, I'm uh, what's the word? Flanneling because I'm not sure what a lower leg lift and a calf lift is. To be honest with you, is it possible after a thigh lift? You got to, you got to realize that the some body contouring procedures are common. Tummy tucks, mastopexies, facelifts. These are common. Armless thigh lifts are not common, um, but they're definitely a thing. Calf lift and lower leg lift. I don't even know what that is. So, is it possible after a um, what was the question? Thigh lift, if you can find someone to do it. But I, I don't really know what it is. I've got to be honest. Sorry, I'm not sure what a thigh. thigh again, perhaps I should have prepared for this and googled it. But um, hey ho. Um, so sorry, I, I'm not sure about uh, what a thigh lift. Uh, not I don't know what a thigh lift is. What a lower leg and a calf lift are. Um, the problem with all these sorts of things is they're scarring all these lifty lift operations. So, uh, you know, like with the arm, you don't really want to go below the elbow, and with the leg, you don't really want to go below the knee unless you have to. It's it's much more visible scarring. It's quite a cosmetically sensitive area of the leg. So, um, yeah. Uh, Becky, thank you. No, thank you, Becky. Thank you. Um, now this one here, where is it? This one here. I've got a photo, so I don't know how this is going to 
go because it's what time is it? Seven thirty-six. I, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to put a photo on. Um, maybe if I just yeah, maybe if I just show this. It's appropriate. I don't know. Um, anyway, let's just do the question anyway. The question is. Um, Hello, I'm three months postdoc revision uplift and arm plants. I've got 500 cc's in and my left breast doesn't look right at all. My surgeon has told me to wear a band at the top to make it go back into place, but I can't see that happening. Is this a lost cause? What could have possibly gone wrong? Um, so, well, I'll just gonna quickly show you the engine. Okay, oh, uh, that's the lateral. So um, I don't know. Oh God, well done. So that's the lateral, and uh, that's the um, that's the oblique. So basically, I don't know if you see that. Wait for the ban from Facebook. Wait for the ban. Oh God, please don't ban me. That was just quick. Anyway, um, so um, the the implants high basically is the issue, and it's always a problem when you when you. And, and I'm, I'm suspecting, I don't know who this patient is, but I'm suspecting they're under the muscle. It's much more of a common problem when they're under the muscle. Um, it's one of the one of the risks, one of the big, big sort of negatives about putting in implants under the muscle. There are obviously positives. I'll talk about this in my implant event tomorrow. Um, but there are positives, but there, one of the big negatives is keeping the implant high, which is what's happened here. And there's nothing worse when your breasts are sitting low. Um, so obviously you have a lift to lift up your breasts. But if the, the muscle sometimes holds the implant up high, and that can be a problem. Now they always are a bit high to start off with, and then they usually settle. How far? Oh, she's only three. You're only three months post-op. So three months post-op, I wouldn't like write it off yet. To be honest with you, three months post-op, actually, I would I would maintain hope here um, because it can settle. Now some surgeons do talk about using a band, uh, using a strap. Some people routinely use it. Um, some use it just when there's a problem. I sometimes use it when there's a when there's you know when they are high. But I don't use it very often because I feel that they will settle whatever you do. Um, uh, massaging can help, but usually it's gravity that helps them to settle. So they often start up off high and they usually settle. However, occasionally, particularly when they're under the muscle, they don't settle. And you might end up with the implant sitting high, your breasts sit low, and giving that sort of elongated appearance that uh, uh, that is not nice. And so that might require a revision and the revision would require releasing the implant in the lower pole, releasing the muscle so that it doesn't hold the implant up and letting the implant drop down back into the breast, cam uh, breast pocket. So that's what's happened, the implant's sitting high. So say they're probably under the muscle. The first thing I'd let it settle, minimum um, six months, probably a year if you can. Uh, longer you leave it, the better. And then um, if it still remains high, massage can help, the band can help work with your surgeon on that if it still remains high then it will be possible to do what's called an inferior capsulotomy which means remove uh, making an incision in the capsule in the lower pole you use the same incision that you've already got make an incision in the lower pole to release the implant in the lower pole you release the lower part of the muscle which is holding that implant up release the muscle here to let the implant drop back down again uh, but as i say let it settle first becky thank you Angela, I want a reduction. Well, you then you have a reduction, Angela. 
do all reduction need a lift also not need angela but yeah a reduction is part yeah they do need but yeah actually no i did very unusual i did a uh, quite a young patient um last year a couple of years ago and, and actually she didn't really need a lift she had a good sort of shape but the volume was too big but broadly speaking yeah most reductions need a lift and a lift is actually part of a reduction it's an integral part of the reduction because when you're making the breast smaller you're making the skin envelope smaller so you've got to tighten the skin envelope it's part of doing a reduction is tightening the skin envelope and tightening the skin envelope is a lift basically so yes a reduction involves a lift every time nikki is in the house hi jj sorry not been on lost my mum to sepsis okay oh blimey you don't have to say sorry nikki uh sorry to hear that oh dear let me check it um sorry to hear that nikki um, nice to see you here this evening i hope you're okay and hope you're managing to get through it must be a very difficult time um so we're just on a question which i oh, nikki you got me in a state now um the blepharoplasty one right okay um the blepharoplasty one is this one um i'm still on facebook i haven't been shut down yet which is good um how can i remove the tape after a blepharoplasty no when sorry when what was the full question uh after eyelid surgery when can i remove the tape it's really itchy and irritating um this is one definitely for your surgeon i don't want to get in trouble with anyone by telling you what to do if you've had, you know i don't do blepharoplasty so i'm not your surgeon or clearly um but it's uh i mean the tape is you well i don't know what everyone does but it's often on the tape is often on and and sort of tapes down the stitch so and it normally comes out after a week it's sort of normal so that first week don't take the tape off because often we don't actually tie knots in the suture we just tape it down and so when you take the tape off you pull the stitch through so that takes the stitch out so in the first week don't take the tape well whatever you whatever i say do what your surgeon says so whatever i say don't listen to me just do what your surgeon says but in general terms the tape has often uh got the stitch there so if it's after a week and you've already had the stitch removed and someone and the doctor's saying tape it then just do whatever they say personally i put it on for a week take the tapes off Take, put, take the stitch out and then no tape so it'd be a week for me but you know do whatever your surgeon says don't don't listen to me i am um, you know but yeah a week is and so when can i remove the tape i wouldn't remove the tape at all after a blepharoplasty your surgeon or your the the, the, the uh, clinic nurse should be doing it so yeah that's right so a better answer to this question is never don't remove the tape after a blepharoplasty. Leave it alone. Talk to your surgeon. Talk to the nurse. Yeah, absolutely. That's the answer to that question. Don't mess. Um, Angela Fabris, thank you. Um, how are we getting on here? Got some good questions today, haven't we? I mean, always do, but you know. Um, right how here we go how much walking etc should i be doing seven days after a tummy tuck 
a lot of this stuff, you know, is listening to your body. And, you know, walking is not high impact. I mean, I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't go miles, you know, but certainly going out for a walk is a is definitely a good thing after a tummy tuck. I mean, you don't want to get clots in your legs. You don't want to get a DVT. So if it's, un, if it's you know, not uncomfortable, then go for it. Um, but listen to your body. But I think walking is fine. Um, pretty much unrestricted. I mean, obviously, you're not going to go on a I mean, sponsored walk from London to Brighton, but, you know, pretty much walk whatever you want. But at the same time, realise you're only a week post-op, so you don't want to go too far from home, because if it does swell up, if it is uncomfortable, and, you you know, you've gone out, Mark, you've got to get back again, you know. So just listen to your body and start off slow and build up. But yeah, I think uh, it's pretty unrestricted, I would say. There's not a huge restriction on that. Michelle, I had FDL in July 2019. Got some loose skin left above belly button. Would a revision be possible? Yes, certainly for an FDL. So an FDL, well, again, speak to your surgeon. I don't think I'm your surgeon. If I'm your surgeon, speak to me. Uh, um, but I don't think I am. But if I am, or whoever it is, anyway, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it is me or whatever, then yeah, with an FDL, because an FDL, you've already got that scar. So often loose skin in the upper abdomen is hard to address with a tummy tuck. But that's one of the things about fleur de lis that it gives, so FDL, by the way, is fleur de lis. Um, it, gives, it gives a scar going up the middle. So as, as well as the normal tummy tuck scar in the bikini line, there's a scar straight up the middle. And it narrows the skin in a side-to-side -side direction as well as in an up-down direction. So if you have got a bit of loose skin above the belly button in that sort of side-to-side -side direction, it wouldn't be possible to potentially revise the, the vertical scar and take out a sort of vertical lips skin to tighten that. That would be possible, Michelle. Yes, in July 2019, she so left it a good period of time. So yeah, that, that sounds like it should should be should be possible. Not a thought, Michelle. Yeah. So uh, when can I move the tape? How active? Breast lift before child. We're on. Breast. Here we go. We're on this one, guys. Uh, I had a baby eight months ago and breastfeeding has given me really saggy breasts. I'd like another baby in a few years, but I can't live with these breasts till then. If I have an uplift now, how much damage would another pregnancy create? I'm happy not to breastfeed next time. $64 million question, that one. I don't know, um, but it might create damage. Now, the reason it creates damage is because the breast becomes swollen when you have a, um, a, a child and that swelling stretches the skin. And when the swelling goes, the skin doesn't shrink. So you have too much skin, so your breast shag, shags. Um, I have to cut that out. Sags. Sags is what I meant to say. Um, so, um, so, obviously, obviously, the longer the breasts are swollen, the more the skin is stretched. So, if you do continue to breastfeed, or the longer you breastfeed, the more the skin is stretched, the more they will potentially sag so if you're not breastfeeding then potentially they would sag less but still they would nevertheless still be swollen um even if you don't breastfeed they do become swollen so it's really hard to know how much they're gonna they're gonna um 
sag. So if you're saying you can't lift, lift with your breast till then, fine, you can have surgery now. Uh, presumably the surgery, I don't know what surgery you're thinking of, is it a lift or is it implants or is it both? Because obviously I said earlier, lift might affect your ability to breastfeed, but you're already saying you don't want to breastfeed, so that's one thing to consider. But it is a big op, and it is a bit of a shame to do a big op if you know that you're going to have another child in a few years' time. You know, I would put that out there. It, it would be a shame to do a big operation, scarring, complication, risks, cost, all these things, healing, you have to get through all this stuff, if you know in a few years' time that you're going to have another child. So again, um, like I said to Paula earlier, um, you know, the advice is I would wait. That would be my advice. I mean, you can do what you want and, you know, we can talk about it. But my advice would be I would wait to have the other child. Now you might say, I can't live like this. Or something. Well, you know, you can have something done, but it would just, you know, you know. And, it, and, and the other thing to say, it might be fine. It's unpredictable what happens if you have another child. It might be absolutely fine. You might have a you know, a lift or whatever or implants, have another child and have no problems at all. So it's not a definite. It's just a maybe. Um, so, yeah, I would I would wait. But, it's, you know, it's easy for me to say. Um, Michelle had an FDL in July. Oh, sorry. After eight stone loss. Wow, eight stone, Michelle. How did you manage that? That's awesome. Well done. Fantastic. Eight stone. That's crazy. Wow. Amy, I want 1,500 cc's. Why would you not use big implants? Amy, um, oh dear, don't get, don't get angry. Um, I said it earlier, Amy, I did it. Someone else wanted 1,000 and I said no. So now you want 1,500. Crikey. Um, it, it, Amy, it's just not my thing. That's all. It's just not my thing. I can't make it look good. I, at least I struggle to make it look good. And the width getting the implants covered with the breast tissue, the risk of rippling, uh, the risk of edge visibility, palpability, being able to feel the implants, uh, the implants being too wide for your frame, sticking out, arm hitting it. I struggle to make it look good. It's got to be in my mind, and this is just in my mind, um, I try and do things that I think can make look good. It's one of the reasons I never really got into the buttock augmentation. Because often I look at buttock augmentation, I think I, I can't see the aesthetic of it. I'm not in tune with the aesthetic of it. So it's very difficult as a surgeon to try and create something that you're not in tune with the aesthetic of. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a personal thing for me. That's all. Um, it's not. And there are people out there who do do big, big implants. I don't actually know any, um, but they probably are. Um, but you know you're better off going with someone who, who does it and you know it's their thing but it's, it's just not really my thing um i want them to look fake yeah a lot of people well not a lot of people but there are people out there who want them to look fake a lot less people than they think but some people just want them to look fake yes i i accept that um and and i i know and i do accept that and understand oh, i currently have 1800 i do understand that and i do see people who want the fuller look the more sort of fake look which i can understand but when it gets to this sort of volume that's a different level amy that's sort of like you know obviously it's a custom-made implant um oh here we go are there bigger risks yes 
with regards to healing. Yes, there are, Amy, because the you're putting more stretch on the skin. As I said, you've got the same amount of breast tissue to cover the implants that you have with your eight uh, with your eight hundred cc implants. I don't know if you're covering your eight hundred cc implants now. I don't know if you can feel the edges of, of your implants. If you've got any rippling, anything like that. But if you have got any signs of that, it's only going to get worse. If you you know you're almost doubling the size of your implant, and you're not doubling the size of your breast. The size of your breast is the same. So you've got the same breast tissue to hide these implants. That's all rippling is. It's just being able to see the implants. All implants ripple. The question is whether you can see the rippling. So we try and hide the implants. That's what we're trying to do. And it just gets more difficult as you go bigger implant with the same size breast. So yes, the risks are bigger. Um, risks of being able to see and feel the edges. Risk of wound healing problems because obviously it's tight. Um, and if the wounds don't heal up properly, the implant, if the implant gets infected, you have to remove the implant. Um, consequences for the future as well because it's going to stretch the skin a lot so if you did just to downsize or even remove the implants there'll be issues with that so there's a lot to, to think about if you're going to have big implants and it really is something that someone who um, maybe does does it does it a lot is, is the sort of person to see but uh, Amy not my bag happy to talk about it but it's not really my bag um, last message came through jumbled I lost my nipple with the last surgery. Oh my God. Amy. Blimey. What's going on here? Well, I'm having a bit of a emotional chat here, Amy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, crikey, something to think about. Yeah, Amy, for goodness sake, back off. Back off, as in back off, the, not back off, but back off the sizes. You lost your nipple goodness me yeah i would not i would amy i just well as i say it's totally up to you to get the look that you want i can't tell you what to do but um i i always say to everyone minimize the amount of operations you have to your breast think hard about having surgery to your breast every time you do surgery you're creating scar tissue when you've got implants in there scar tissue means capsular contracture or, or at least is a capsule formation over the years that scar tissue contracts which is the capsular contracture but every time you do surgery you're creating more scar tissue more risk of capsular contracture more risk of problems for the future so minimize your operations to your breast so only have surgery if you really you know can see a a, a good sort of reason to do it and a good benefit um to do it uh it's okay over it now thank goodness for that that's good i'm glad to hear that so, amy but yeah I, I genuinely would consider whether you you know whether you have further surgery but as i say totally up to you totally up to you but good luck with that amy very good luck with that and i hope you can um find someone who can help you out with your 1500 cc implants um uh other pressure before it's child with my i've done that haven't i the press feed yeah so scars one this one so i think this is if i if my oh god i've done it wrong it's okay don't worry don't panic guys i had a ba in november last year and i'm going on a naturist holiday in may will i be okay topless the scars are still pink um sorry i've done something wrong with the last question So let me think, November to May, December, January, February, March, April, May, six months. Yeah, six months is pretty good. Um, the thing about the scars is, 
Um, I normally say avoid getting sun on the scars while they're red and obvious, and that's usually three to six months. So this is six months. So you're in that sort of in that window, and it's different for different people. Sometimes they faded really well at six months. Sometimes they still be a bit red at six months. So basically, just have a look at your scars. If your scars scars still got a bit of redness to it, uh, to them then you should avoid getting a tan on them really because if you get a tan on them while they've still got a bit of redness they're still a bit, a bit pinky then um then or you're saying they are still pink so then you should avoid getting a tan on it because they will pick up the tan you'll come home you'll lose the tan and the scars will stay tanned you'll end up with pigmented scars so i would say if you know they are still pink you should avoid getting a tan on the scars now obviously that's just the scars so you can get some paper tape and just put some tape over the scars now it doesn't mean you'll have a funny tan mark with a you know we sometimes see people be sort of you know the white square around the scar it looks a bit odd but it's better for the long term to avoid getting a pigmented scar so i would say if your scars are still uh, red which is or still pink which is not unusual at six months they might still be a bit pink uh, i would avoid getting a tan on them so if you are going to go on a naturist holiday and expose your scars cover them up with tape can try hump high, high protection sunblock but um tape will probably be better as i say you will get a funny square suntan mark around your scars but it's better than getting a pigmented scar is my view so yeah i would, I would avoid that So, last question, guys. Have you got any questions? It says here new. I don't know if I'm missing messages, but it says here new messages. Um, if you've got any questions, please do feel free to ask them. Anyway, uh, here we go. I have my mummy makeover in February and haven't managed to give up smoking. I'm also traveling to Turkey for this. My surgeon is saying I'll be fine if I stop for the day before and the day after. But I'm being told by other ladies on the botched group that I need to cancel the op and go at a later date when I stop smoking. Who is right, please? Um, I don't want to go against um, another surgeon because we've all got our views. We've all got our experiences. And if you trust the surgeon and they, you know, what they're saying seems reasonable, you know, no one's right and no one's wrong. Well, you know, for, for many things, you know, there aren't rights and wrongs. So it's just opinion. So I'll give you my opinion, but I'm not saying that my opinion is the right opinion. It's just an opinion. Um, my opinion is that you should cancel the op and go at a later date when you stop smoking. I don't think mummy makeover, you should do that when you're smoking. And um, sometimes people get funny about it and say, oh, you know, well, actually they don't. But anyway, if they did, um, because you hear about people saying they've been denied surgery on the NHS and the NHS is rationing and is discriminating against smokers by not operating on smokers. You know, it's not anything about discriminating about smokers. It is because if you smoke, it reduces the blood supply to your skin and you significantly increase your risk of complications, particularly wound healing complications. And in plastic surgery, we're closing stuff tight. If you're having a mummy makeover, you're having a tummy tuck. It's really tight tummy tuck. You're having something to your breast, implants, lift, reduction, whatever. The, it, the, the skin is closed tight. And when that skin is closed tight, we want those wounds to heal. And when they don't heal, it can be catastrophic. It can be catastrophic. And if you don't, if you're a smoker, you can get catastrophic complications. Now, you might not 
and you'd always get someone says, oh, I smoked and I didn't have any problems. And my friend is a flea, you know, didn't smoke and had loads of problems. You know, there's always that situation. But this is elective surgery. You need to maximize your chances of wound healing. And smoking is a nightmare for wound healing. So you need to stop ideally six weeks before. You really need to stop for that week or two weeks probably to get those wounds healed. Um, but day of surgery and day after, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the surgeon's experience and, and their, you know, their view on things, which obviously is different because they're saying it's okay. But um, if it was, if it was, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a mummy makeover if you're freely admitting you, you can't stop smoking. I just would say, look, just don't have it done. If if you came to see me anyway, that's my view. But um, I, I would say mummy makeover, uh, breast reduction, mastopexy, these operations where you're closing the skin tight, if you can't stop smoking, I'd say you may be better off not having the surgery. In fact, you probably would be better off not having the surgery. Um, because, you know, because when you get problems, it's horrible. And sometimes people say they stop smoking and they haven't, but, you know, they're only fooling themselves because I'm, I'm not saying it, I'm saying it for your benefit because I want you to get the best result. And so, you know, you really are best stopping smoking first. So, yeah, that's my that's my all in it. I would stop smoking first. That's where I am. I don't know if anyone's got a view on that. Anyone else got a view on that? Uh, that is the last question, team. If anyone's but, um, that's all I got. I'm out. I'm declaring myself out. Um, I've got a thing here that says new messages below, but I don't know what. I'm, I can't see any messages. I can't, can I get onto Facebook? Oh, God. Um, but if you do have any questions, then please feel free to post them. And uh, if you are around, um, um tomorrow night then please drop in 50 frederick road uh i'll be there talking about breast implants and um you know but you know if you're watching these lives you know it all already because i've said it all here just be saying the same sort of stuff really um, totally new content, new content on the uh, event tomorrow night. Here we go. This is Facebook Live for real. Can I see the comments? So, okay, I'm over it now. That's the last one. Yeah. So, um, oh, new messages below. Right. So, that is it then. That is truly it. I'm going to check out. I'm going to wish you a very good evening. If you've got any questions, post them. I will get to them next week. Same time, same place, 7 p.m. Facebook Live, live Q&A with yours truly. Uh, have a very good evening and thank you all for your wonderful questions and your wonderful interaction uh, this evening. And uh, good night. God bless. So good night. And I'm stopping the recording now. Stop recording. Thank you. Good night. Stop the stream. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over 
to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.